We're back. The Giants begin their season on Sunday against the Broncos at MetLife Stadium. Just how good will Big Blue be this season? We'll preview the week one matchup, the season as a whole, and make our predictions for what record the Giants will finish with. Our special guest this week is a pivotal piece of the Giants defense. It's their Pro Bowl cornerback, James Bradbury. So join us for a We're Back and Better Than Ever edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. After a long hiatus, a long offseason, this show is back. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your filthy podcast. But if you do use Apple Podcasts, give Blue Rush five stars and write in a nice review. We will come at you every week, post-game shows, preview shows, Mondays and Thursdays, schedule permitting, and we are here and back and better than ever to preview the Giants season and their week one season opener against the Denver Broncos. Let's welcome in our hosts who are back for season three of the show, season two with this pair, and that would be two-time Giants Super Bowl champion kicker. We call him Tynesy or the other LT. It's Lawrence Tynes. He's not Scottish, but he's been covering the Giants since 1994 for the New York Post. Lashana Tova. Happy New Year. Paul Schwartz. Guys, take it away. Wow, that was really good. If I had a bet, who was going to say Lashana Tova on this podcast? And it was going to be Jake Brown or Lawrence Tynes. I think I would have gone with the chalk pick of Jake Brown. Lawrence, let me hear you just say that once. No, 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 no. I won't even attempt it because I don't want to disrespect anyone. So I'm not saying it. Did you know what the bar mitzvah was before you kicked for the Giants? I, no, I absolutely not. You did not know what the bar mitzvah was. I had no was. idea. Oh, good and good. obviously befriended a lot of Jewish friends in, in the New Jersey area. So I quickly became familiar with it and attended several of them. And they're a lot of fun. But prior to moving... I mean, you're talking about a kid from Milt, Scotland to Milton, Florida, to Troy, Alabama, to Kansas City. No, I didn't. I would pay to see Lawrence Tynes kick outside of a bar mitzvah any day of the week. Yeah, listen, I think someone needs to. I'm available. But, but, but let me ask you something, Lawrence. Did you develop an affinity for good New York bagels? Not a big bagel fan. Oh, 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 oh. What, what do you mean? You know, I got lunch all provided right, for me. Right. Sarah McCrory is here, and she is stunned in disbelief at not liking bagels and being in New York for all What if time. I told you I also don't drink coffee? My wife doesn't drink okay, coffee. Okay, what, what about a, a slice of New York pizza? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. For sure. Exactly. Yeah, not yeah. from Sabaro, which was apparently voted the number one <laughs> New York pizza, which Sabaro. is offensive. That's oh, really – that's like airport – that's airport pizza. Well, look, Lawrence, this is a big season for you, right? You and your teammates are going to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Super Bowl Forty Six, right? That's later in the season. We are. That is the last time this team – gave their fans something. Oh, like there was a little bit in 2016, but that was an anomaly. Seven of the last eight years, this team has started 0-2, no playoffs. When you look, before we get into some details, when you look ahead and you look behind what what has happened, is this the year where they can get some of that glory which you, your right leg, helped this franchise get, you know, now 10 years ago? 
I don't know. I just feel like I know even less than I did before training camp started, if that makes wow. any sense. Wow. I just feel like we wanted some answers going into training camp. We didn't get them. Um, offensively, we have no idea what this team is. I'm very intrigued by that in some regards because I think there will be this completely different offense. And you guys were at practice, so maybe you obviously can't talk about it or write about it. But I just think there's they obviously have something up their sleeve here. But I don't know. I'm not ready to jump on the bandwagon yet. I just didn't see enough from really Daniel Jones in the preseason, even though only he played one half. He got assaulted because the offensive line was <laughs> good and but I will say this and and I might be in the minority here but I really think Saquon Barkley is under more pressure than Daniel Jones this season well I mean his his knee is under pressure uh first of all let's say the overall overall knee health performance I'm not so sure I agree with that if Saquon is healthy he's a great player Daniel Jones if he's healthy I don't know what he is yet and I agree with you you know you said well the writers like me the reporters we were there so we know we don't know we yeah. saw Kenny Galladay for five minutes, then he hurt his hamstring. Tony you know, for a day, maybe? Tony, then in and out and in and out, then COVID, then a hamstring. You know, he's like a ghost. Kyle Rudolph, <laughs> not at all. I mean, Kyle Rudolph, it was like, how's Kyle doing? He's getting good work with the trainers, which means he's not where we can see him. Uh, Saquon, as we expected, you know, very slow ramp up, very slow ramp up. So as much as fans and us are really confused on what this is going to be, the good news is all those guys are probably going to play in the opener. And that is, well, are they going to get, you know, 75 snaps and be lights out right away? I don't think so. But considering what the heck goes on in this league where guys blow out things and they're gone forever, that these guys are coming back and they've managed it. I mean, do you think these guys can get back on the field and show us something positive? Well, listen, I know one man who expects him to, and he's got JM or his initials. John Mara did not go out and spend the kind of money that he just spent to not make the playoffs. So I think internally, they are expecting this team to compete for a playoff position, not just to go nine and eight with the 17-game schedule now. That sounds weird to say. It does. But the schedule's tough early. I, John Mara spent this money to go to the playoffs. I, I just don't know. I Listen, I'm, I'm perplexed. I don't know who this team is. I guess we won't know them for the first two weeks. are really good tests for them, especially that offensive line. And then, you know, I just didn't see enough from Daniel Jones in, in a two quarters to say he's improved. No, he, of course not. And he also, you know, he was throwing to guys who were on the practice squad who were going to be cut most of the time you know, and and handing the ball off to backups. Now, on Saquon, because we're all obsessed with Saquon, because he's a great player and he's coming off a knee injury. You've been around a lot of players, unfortunately, coming back from ACLs, right? They're a a kind of a cookie-cutter, serious injury. Do you think someone who is coming back off an ACL, who has not played in the preseason game, can play on a Sunday and then play again on a Thursday? This is a very funky schedule for the Giants. Can a guy coming off an ACL play four days apart what do you think or do the Giants have to pick one game for him to play and he can't play the other one that's a great question can he no I don't think he could okay why I mean why not? well because he's coming off an ACL and and having you know really 72 hours worth of rest uh going into that Washington game I just I don't know so are you are you thinking maybe he plays in Denver doesn't play in Washington or doesn't play in Denver and plays in Washington well that's I wrote about that the other day there's two ways to look at this if he plays only in Washington he's playing against a division opponent right that is the more important game and he has more time He's got four or five more days. But no matter when he plays, he's going to be on a pitch count. Even if his first game is against 
in Washington, he's not going to get 20 carries. We know that's not going to happen. I would say he's going to be on, what, a 10 or 12 touch pitch count. I mean, he just is going to be. He hasn't carried the ball, you know, with any kind of ferocity since week two last year. So if he gets 10 touches in the opener, can he get 10 touches? I wonder how much medical evidence there is supporting a touch count. He could blow the damn thing out on the fifth play. If you're going to play, go play. No, no. Come on, Lawrence. You know that. You you think he's going to be, he can be Saquon with a full workload in the first week of the season? Do you think he's going to build up to that? I think he has to build up to it, yes. They have been so cautious with this guy. I mean, they took minute, I wouldn't even say baby steps, minute little creepy crawler steps, a little bit of this, then a little bit of this, then a little bit of this. Now, as far as I could tell and what was reported by the Giants and by others, I did not detect one setback from Saquon. One day where they said he's a little sore, there's a little swelling, we're going to ramp him back down. None of that. So I think, look, if I think if Saquon was here and we gave him sodium pentothal and he couldn't lie, he would say, I'm ready. Give me the ball. I need to play. They babied me too much. I'm sure that's what he would say. <laughs> what the hell is sodium pentothal? Where, where do you get this stuff? Well, I, well I, I don't know where you get it. I'm not like a crystal meth. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, Walter White here. Sodium pentothal. Isn't that a, a truth serum? Isn't that what you take to uh, Jake? Saturday one day Sunday? a beat writer, one day a mad scientist. That is, uh, I mean, that's called right? Miller. Miller Lite is truth serum. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, okay. Um yeah, I, listen, I'm I'm optimistic with him. I, I I still think there is more pressure on on him than Daniel Jones. That's that's a mute point. Let's talk about this offensive line. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, Matt Pert. You're not wrong yet. You're not wrong. Not then. wrong Don't, yet. But boy, I, I feel like he actually regressed. If you look at him from last year, and then look what he did. The tape he at least put out there in that preseason games this year. He was dreadful at right tackle. Footwork was terrible. He's leaning. I know he, he, he might be a little heavier. Will Hernandez, I thought, was okay. Andrew Thomas struggled. It's, oh, man, it seems like we've been talking about this for a decade. It seems, yes, and we've only done the podcast for how many years, right? And it seems like we've been talking <laughs> well, about it for a well, decade. Probably we've all yeah. been tweeting about it for a decade. Yeah, it, it, it's it, here's what I would say. First of all, I think people have to calm down about the guys that they've signed and the guys that they lost, trading for Ben Bredesen from the Ravens, trading for Billy Price from the Bengals, right? Fine. I mean, th- these are solid former, you know, first round pick in Price. Bredesen is a big, burly guy from Wisconsin who played it at Michigan. These are backups. Maybe they'll have to start one day. They're backups. They signed guys like Joe Looney and Zach Fulton, who were not going to light the world on fire. They both decided to retire. Okay, you know, they you know, there's been a lot of retirements all around the league. So Joe Judge didn't run them out. They decided to retire. But so people are getting uh, too caught up with those guys where look, here's the key. I think Nick Gates will be a serviceable center. I think Will Hernandez will be a serviceable right guard. I think people have underestimated the value of Shane Lemieux at left guard. He is a good player. He's a tough guy. You can run behind him. He has got that nasty personality. He'll be back. I think he's fine. He will start. This team, really this franchise, has committed themselves to these two young tackles, Andrew Thomas and Mac Pert, as we talked about. Now, Thomas was the fourth pick in the draft. What do you see from him this summer? What did you see from him in the limited time you've seen him? Man, and you know, I was really high on him towards the end of last year. I thought he really improved. Um, it looked like, I'll be honest with you, that last preseason game, he just looked tired to me. I think the whole group did. They had a tough week of practice. They had a tough two weeks of practices. And then obviously 
these guys know their pass rush moves or pass sets. So he just got a little bit exposed there. He looked slow. I think he was tired. I don't expect that that was kind of the camp he had. I, I felt like he overall, I had heard he had a good camp. So he had a bad game. I think his body was tired and worn down from training camp. I do like Hernandez. I would challenge you on the word serviceable describing Gates. I, I think he's a he, – I thought he was a Pro Bowl player last year if they would have won more games. Fine. Now, look, serviceable it, it was the bottom line for him, okay? okay? I think he can be a good player. Yes, that's Yeah, fine. I think he's I, I really good. Lemieux yeah. we like. It's really these tackles. And listen, I think they have a good backup option at both, right, with Solder. I think he's going to play able to play both if there's an injury. Yeah, but there's no way he can play both at the same time, Lawrence. You know that. Well, yes, I know that. And <laughs> so, so that, the, and that might be the problem. They might need him to play both at the same time. Let me ask you this: Are the guys they picked up better than the guys they got rid of? Well, they're younger. Not, they're younger. Maybe uh, they're healthy. Billy Price has had some injury problems. They're healthy. You have to worry and wonder when a former first round pick gets cut by the Bengals, right? Who had Bobby Hart starting for years for them at right tackle. You know, the Bengals are not exactly the Ravens as far as offensive line. Now, I actually love Bobby Hart. As a player? Only because he gave my kids donuts one day. We were in the locker room. And my kids love him. But that's okay. That's yeah, scary. the problem is, though, if, if Bobby Hart was assigned to the donut table and he said, don't let Lawrence Tynes' kid get the donuts, your kids would have ran right over him and gotten the donuts. <laughs> so that is a problem. Nice guy with donuts, but don't ask him to protect the donuts. He made a nice uh, living. He, he, yeah, he, okay. He made a nice living. Yes, he did. Um, Bredesen is interesting enough. One of the reasons he's not with the Ravens anymore is because of who? Kevin Zeitler. They signed yep. Kevin Zeitler to play guard, and, and there was not a spot for him. Thomas is a very interesting guy that I agree with you about uh, the whole team was tired against the Patriots. They were terrible at first practice. I was there for both days in Foxborough. Thomas was bad. He was very bad in the game. It was just a bad few days for him. And there is so much criticism of him. He was asked about that today. And he said, I tried to pay attention to none of it. And as a unit, we try not to pay attention to any of it. And he says he has a chip on his shoulder naturally. And the pressure I put on myself is greater than anything coming from the outside. I will say this, inside the Giants front office, there is great concern about this guy because he is not what they thought he was. They thought he would be way more ready to play right away. They liked that he gutted through a bad ankle last year. They liked that he got better at the end of the year. He was fine this summer. Not great, but fine. But there's no question that the front office is going into this opener, hoping rather than expecting Sources, 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 insider information there. They're concerned about him because how can you not be? You know, how can you not? I agree. Be? I, I like the what, what he's made up. I like it. I, I like the way he battles. He He's just, he is what he is. He's the fourth pick. I, there was a lot of tackles that are going to be judged on this forever because there were so many good tackles in that draft that went after him. And he's always going to be compared to those players. I just didn't like anything they did in training camp. We're in Cleveland for a week. We come home for a day. We go to New England and practice. Then we come back. And I mean, I just don't understand that. That's on Joe Judge. I, I'm sure they got a lot of good work in. I just, for me as a player, and I'm sure none of them will publicly tell you this, I'm sure they hated it. Absolutely hated it. Would you have been okay with it if those joint practices against the Patriots was at home back in New Jersey? You know? Yeah. 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 Because I, I know, mm-hmm. look, I know I would have. myself. But they I traveled got, to both. It's like they were the, you know, why did they have to travel to both when the game was in New Jersey? I just. Yeah. Next year, there uh, so apparently the Patriots are going to come here. There were some problems here with the fields and things like that. You know, Lawrence. They have a field house, right? hundred. You've been in their field house, right? Um, the field house is basically unusable right now. Uh, the Giants? They have, yeah. They have weight weight equipment in there. Oh, I didn't know. They have other stuff. There's like 40 yards that they can work with. So if something happens and they have to go inside, 
in a joint practice, they cannot go inside and practice. It, it's so cold. they've moved the weight room to a larger space to to accommodate uh, okay. social distancing. So if there's lightning on in in the facilities, they cannot go inside and practice. They can go inside and stand around, but they cannot go inside and practice. Joe Judge will practice outside in the lightning. Well, uh, not in the lightning, but everything else: thunder, rain, hurricane Ida, whatever, whoever it is. Ida, you know, yeah, Idaho. What do you um? make of Evan Ingram. Uh, you know about Cavs and how tricky they are. I don't think he plays this week. Yeah, I don't think he... And you know what? It's sad as this to say, so what? Who cares? No. Like, like, it doesn't matter. It sure does. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. He's their it starting just doesn't. end. No, they got Rudolph. They got Smith. Did you see that catch Smith made in the preseason game? Uh, Caden Smith, first of all. Give him some chances. He did not practice on Monday, okay? I'm not sure. So he's what's hurt, up. too. I'm not sure if he's hurt, but I don't know what's up with him. But Kyle Rudolph is a veteran who who did not play in any games and did not take any 11-on-11 drills at all until this week. Ten he's year coming vet. off a He'll broken foot. So a 10-year vet's going to play 60 snaps on Sunday? Maybe 50. But I really Evan Ingram like, went from being a friend of the program to just getting absolutely roasted by time. Jeez. I, I don't, <laughs> we don't I'm, need him. I'm, it seems like there's always something following. It just sometimes you got to make your own luck, man. I don't know. I don't I don't care about the tight end position right now. I want to watch Galladay. I want to watch Shepard in that number three jersey. How clean does he look in number three, by the way? He also had a really good training camp. Also, really good. Really Slayton. Yeah. Is he banged up a little, maybe? I think he's okay. No, I think he's okay. okay. Yep. Tony, we don't know anything about that guy, but that's what I'm more excited about. Rudolph will be fine. Ingram can come back Washington week or maybe next week. Thanks. I'll tell Evan that Lawrence says, don't hurry back. I'll tell him that. You know, I think Tony, I think Tony could be the guy who is takes the first kickoff of the season. He, I think he's going to play on Sunday, and I would not be surprised if he makes a play of impact in the game from the slot from somewhere. He, I think, has been laying in the weeds a little bit. Now, you know, COVID hit him bad. You know, people want to say, look, he had that ridiculous thing. You know what happened with him in that cleat? Remember when he he, he was jumping around on barefoot his first practice? His agent got him a sneaker deal with a new company. So they give him new cleats the first day out of the box, I think. As you know, as a kicker, I'm sure you were obsessed about your footwear. If, if, if uh, What did you wear? What did you wear your whole career? I kind of bounced around whoever was paying me the most money. That's, that's <laughs> To <funny>. be honest. <laughs> but I settled with Nike. Nike okay. was always a, a, a nice pair. So, so if, if the if your first practice with a new team, Adidas gave you a pair, you just take them out of the box and put them on and say, I'm sure these will be fine. What could go wrong, right? He gets a new pair. He gets blisters. He takes them off. But that was just a, a silliness. You know, that, that was not a big deal. But COVID hit him hard, and then he hurt his hamstring. You know, this COVID stuff is serious stuff. Some of these guys have symptoms. Some don't have symptoms. He had some real symptoms. So he had to work through that. And what they learned from last year is we're not rushing guys back from this. You know, if you have it, we're going to ramp you back up slowly to make sure you don't have any, any, uh, relapse. Yeah, Will, Will Hernandez comes to mind yes, last year. I think absolutely. he was someone that, that struggled post, yep. uh, COVID and he's my pick for, you know, not Saquon for comeback player of the year will be Will Hernandez. On the he's going to have a pro yep. bowl season. He's going to play well. He's in a contract year. And like I said last year, Never bet a guy who lived in a garage with his family. I, I really like what Will Hernandez brings to the table. He's going to play hard this year, and I'm really looking forward to watching him. 
when, when I was uh, talking to Will last week and I said, um, I was talking, you know, I look with this offensive line, it's hard to harp on the good things, you know, you know, uh, oh, uh, uh, you know, your running back got 200 yards. Tell us about your favorite block or this or that. You know, it's always about the sacks you guys gave up or the three and outs and uh, people don't think you're any good. So I asked him about all the criticism and what people are saying about him. And, you know, Will's a funny guy in some ways. And he kind of looked at me like sideways and said, oh, is that what they're saying about us? <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't give a, you know what, what they're saying about us, but it weighs on these guys. It does. It, you know, yeah. Will, Will was more open with us than he is now because there's been a lot of failure and a lot of losing and it, it, it grates on everybody. So, um, you know, it, it, it's this, this first game, you know, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, it's, 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 it's a tough test. It's a tough is test. Is there anything that concerns you defensively? Huh. You know, it's funny because when all we do is harp on, we, yeah, yeah. I wrote, I wrote something the other day in the post about that. That look, as we mentioned, Galladay, Tony, uh, Rudolph, Saquon, they may not get off to great starts, but this defense is healthy. Other than Adoree Jackson's ankle, I think he'll be able to play. That's the only thing. Nine of the eleven starters are back, all from Patrick Graham's system. I would say what concerns me about the defense is nitpicking. Okay, it's do they have a run stopper in the middle now that uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is gone? I'm not sold on Austin Johnson. I'm not sold on Danny Shelton because you know he's been banged up a little bit. I'm not sold on their third cornerback as long as Adoree Jackson is healthy. I'm not uh, sold on uh, Josh Jackson or Darnay Holmes or um, uh, Sam Beal who miraculously did, makes the did, roster. Did, did, uh, <laughs> Ago, I wouldn't have given you, you know, a, a, a lot of chances that Sam Beal made the run. Unbelievable. He must have some physical skills that they like. Is he a big guy? He looks like a cornerback. He is six okay. foot tall. He's got a good body. He is fast. Uh, he's not aggressive enough. They got to get him to be more so aggressive. So this is his fourth season? He's played six I feel games. like he's been, been there forever. Like, he wasn't he the supplemental pick? In, in, yes, he was. He 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 was a supplemental pick, I think, in nineteen. Missed the whole year, uh, shoulder IR. His second year, another injury. He missed early in the season, and then he was um, COVID uh, played. No, played in six games. No, that was before COVID. Yep. Last year, he opted out the whole year. Oh, by the way, after he got arrested on a, a guns charge in Ohio. Okay, I think he had a, a legal, not illegal, a legal gun, but it was not stored properly in the state okay. of Ohio. As he was driving through Ohio, they stopped him for some violation. Okay. okay, so he got nailed for that. But look, the Giants didn't pull a DeAndre Baker with this guy. They didn't say the heck no. with him. They kept him, and he he endured. He endured through the summer, and uh, I think there's a little something there with him. I really do. You know, I, I think he's an interesting pick. But that that would concern me. But other than that. This defense needs to dominate Teddy Bridgewater in week one, Fitzpatrick in week two. This is not Aaron Rodgers. And no, Tom you got to go. You got to go win. If we're going to wait for the offense to, to kind of catch up, this, this defense should take control of these two games. We know Washington has a good defense, but my God, it's on a silver platter. 2-0 and is on a platter for them. All right, so let's make week one picks then. Tyne, start it off. What are, you, what are you doing for week one? The Giants are three-point underdogs in their own building against Jeez, Teddy Bridgewater. When does that stop? I'm sick of that. We're underdogs. When does I'm it stop? Go, when you win, it stops. You know, I know. Easy. I just... I just yeah, want to be like I want to be like an Alabama fan. Well, you never have to worry. Wake up Saturday. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. Um, that'll never happen. I'm going to go Giants 24-20 win. Well, uh, win. Okay. Uh, well, mm-hmm. uh, this whole uh, on a silver platter. I'm not so sure about that. I think mm-hmm. uh, Von Miller can you know set a pretty mean table and set his own platter. Uh, you know, I'm I'm I've been around too long. I've 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 seen enough negativism. 
Um, I don't know how they're going to score a lot of points. I really don't, you know, with, with this oh, really? team. I just don't, not right away. No, I just don't think these it's guys. The Pat Shermer returns too. But. And you know what? And 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 the people on the Giants have said to me, if Pat can score 60 on us, he will. Now, I don't think he can oh, score 60 on him, But Pat has been hey, quiet. He and, is an unbelievable play caller. Well. How he didn't, I know that doesn't always transition fire the head coach, but hey, you want to stay and be an offensive coordinator? <laughs> But he's a great play caller. He is, and he he has great designs. Um, yes, he will do some things that confuse the Giants. I, I I'm sure about that. So I just don't see the Giants defense putting the hammer down enough to make up for an offense that's going to be slow starting. So I'm picking the Broncos. Disaster. Um, well, look, my picks aren't that great, so don't call it a disaster yet. Okay. But I would say something like 24-17, something mm. like that. You know, I, I 17 is just in my mind for the Giants. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones. It's Look, I'm in. I'm like the state of Missouri right now. You got to show me. What can't be overlooked, guys? Here is eighty thousand fans back in the building after a season I, without. Thank you. I think they are going to hype the hell out of that Giants defense. Yeah. And that is something that you can't overlook because Giants fans are so eager to get back in the building. Remember, they were a Jalen Hurts away from winning a division last year. So as bad as the record was, they were almost in the playoffs. 2017 Giants, the fans pop them up, and the Scotsman's leg gets them oh. the win by a field goal. Sarah, what do you got? Oh, my God. Um, I agree Come with on, everything Sarah, you it's the start of the season. I know. Let's let's some energy here. I Come just on, agree go. with everything you guys said. And like at the end of last year, it felt like we were getting a little more hyped up, but I think the Giants will win because of the defense, but like Paul said, I don't see the offense putting up much. So as far as scores go, I don't know, 17, 13, I don't know. Hey, hey the, the, the Giants, I'm picking the, the Giants, Giants to Giants win. Will sign up for that tomorrow. Three to one, sign up for that. Tova, three out of four taking the Giants. Let's go through the season now. Let's start with you, Tynes. What's your overall? Remember, this is a 17 game season, which I hate. I, I think know. The, the odd number is f- throwing me off. As a guy who likes the car volume on an even number, uh, I hate the 17 game schedule. What's the Giants' final record? And do they win the NFC East or get a wild card spot? So I, I think they go nine and eight. It's the best they can do. Uh, I think they have upside of 11 and six. I think they also have downside of like five and 12, to be honest with you, if they don't get off to a good start. I like nine and eight. Uh, I don't think they win the NFC East. I'm actually going to go with Washington. Wow. Fitzmagic. That defense. Yeah. I mean, they, they got better. And listen, Fitzmagic is Fitzmagic. I mean, if they would have had him last year, they probably would have won two or three more games. I don't like agreeing with Lawrence on things like this nature, but um, a little hint for everybody. In in the uh, New York Post special section, I am picking the Giants to go nine and eight. Um, I usually try to be optimistic. You know, I, I, a lot of times I say, what's my gut? And maybe I'll add a win or two. Just like, what the heck not, yeah. right? I can always be charitable now. Once the season comes and they lose, I got to rip them. So, you know, you can give them a win or two more. That will not be good enough to win this division. I think the Cowboys are uh, – I think Dak Prescott will win the Comeback Player of the Year award this year, okay? Uh, Saquon like will, be, will be in the running, but quarterbacks are quarterbacks, you know? So I, I think the Cowboys have – I, I know the Cowboys have a lot of firepower. They're kind of the opposite of the Giants. You know, I'm not sure about their defense at all, but they have a lot of weapons. I like the Cowboys to win double digits uh, – probably 11. I think the Giants, you know what the problem is, guys and Sarah, when I look at this and I, I, you know, as a beat writer, I can give reasons why best case scenario, this looks good. This looks good. Defense, damn good. 
Daniel Jones get some protection. Look, Galladay's going to be in stride. Kadarius, I can get all that. I can get him to 11 wins, but too much has to go right. You know, too much has to go right. And we're assuming that the defense is really terrific and doesn't take a step back at all. So uh, I think nine and eight is about right, Lawrence. I really do. Um, I had to check myself about seven times because nine and eight just looks like a stupid. And record. I don't think that's good enough for a a wild card either. No, nah, probably not. Yeah, no. probably not. You know, I, I would say probably not. And But look, all things being equal and, and everything is kind of normal and nobody gets, you know, Daniel Jones doesn't go down into an injury or something like that. Six and 10, nine and eight. They've won three more games with an extra game. Is that enough progress? Is that a sign of progress? Also, what is the nine and eight, right? Is it a good nine and eight with a, uh, you know, nine and six and then blew the playoffs with a uh, slow starting, uh, fast finishing? You know, were they competitive? Are they, you know, I think we all know. I think right now we could list all 31 other teams and we could say really quickly, you think they're a good team or a bad team? Bang, bang, bang. We could point it out, right? So at the end of this, of the Giants, are they a good team or a bad team? You know? I thought we were competitive last year. I mean, we didn't lose a lot of games by a lot of points. Yeah, but competitive is... is, is Relative. They were one in seven, you know, at the, yeah. after eight games. So competitive is, you know, there's there's no medals for trying here. I'm going to keep it positive and add a win. I think the Giants are going to go 10 and seven because when I look through the schedule... You got to remember this. Some teams are playing without great court. You can talk about a Saints game with Jameis Winston. You talk about playing the Eagles twice with who? Gardner Minshew or Hurts? We don't even know who's going to be the quarterback. You play the Panthers at home with Sam Darnold at MetLife Stadium. He's seen a lot of ghosts there. That's a game they could win. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater at MetLife Stadium. That's a game they could win. The Dolphins, you know, to to us, to we don't know what he is. <laughs> the Bears with Fields towards the end of the season if he's the guy, you know, a rebuilding team. So I look through their schedule and think if Daniel Jones is the guy and proves he's the guy, they can win 10 games. He's got the targets. He's got the Pro Bowl running back coming back healthy. He's got the all-world defense. A lot rides on the quarterback. 10-7. and seven. I think the Cowboys probably would go 11-6 and six and they win the division. But 10-7, and seven, maybe it's good for a wild card spot. Sarah, what's your record? I was also going to say 10-7, and seven, thinking about it defensively. But I will say with this new added week the super bowl is my birthday weekend so maybe the giants will be playing in the super bowl for my birthday <laughs> they, they, guys they do say defense wins championships so maybe sarah's on crazier stuff if, if, if the giants are in the super bowl which is in la this year sarah you will be there correct sure You'll be yep. there in L.A. Somehow. Right? Yeah. New York Post credentials from Paul yeah, Schwartz. Paul, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yes. We'll be potting the whole week. Yeah. We'll be on yeah. Yeah. media. We'll have to be a pod. And by the way, on that note, it's not official yet, but likely for Tynes' 10-year anniversary game against the Rams. What is it? October 17th. 17th. We will do a live podcast that evening after the game. You can meet Lawrence Tynes. You got to bring those shirts, those uh, 10-year anniversary shirts, and we will likely be doing a show that night near MetLife Stadium. We'll announce that, but that's in the works. And we also want to get the fans involved again. We can call the voicemail 508 296 8358 is where you can get us on the voicemail and then Twitter at LT4Kicks at NYPost underscore Schwartz at Jake Brown Radio and at Sarah McCrory. Tweet us, call us. And the guy that was a big part of the Giants defense last year, Pro Bowl cornerback James Bradbury, will join us next on Blue Rush from the New York Post. Joining us now on Blue Rush is a stud cornerback in his second year with the Giants after making his first career Pro Bowl last season in his first year. He recorded 54 combined tackles, had 18 passes defended, 
three interceptions and forced two fumbles in 15 games in 2020. He now enters year two of a three-year $45 million deal with the G-Men. This comes after spending his first four seasons down in Bowtown, Charlotte, with the Panthers, where he was a 2016 second-round pick out of Samford. Let's give a warm blue rush. Welcome to the pride of Pleasant Grove, Alabama, number 24, James Bradbury. James, welcome to Blue Rush. It's Jake Brown, former Giant Lawrence Tynes and Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz. How's your offseason? How was training camp? How are you doing? I mean, everything is good. First of all, I want to say that's probably the best introduction <laughs> I've got. That's what it does. <laughs> yeah, that's the only yeah. thing I do well, James. I'll, I'll take it to my okay. grave with me. You do pretty well on defense. You're good at tackling people. You're good at covering people. And how do you build off a Pro Bowl year? What do you do better? How do you top it in 2021? I think you still you take like the same approach. I mean, being a pro bowl, that's a pretty high level. Uh, so you just take the same approach, uh, but just try to make more plays. And of course, I didn't make every play that, that was out there for me. I dropped a couple of picks last year. So I definitely want to catch every ball that I have a uh, opportunity, you know, coming down with. So things like that. Hey, James, it's Paul Schwartz. Good to hear you. Um, you know, you came in last year. It's the first time you're with a new team. There are no fans. You got to get used to uh, dealing with new coaches and new players over Zoom. Uh, no fans in the building when you played. Yet you played very well. I mean, what kind of adjustment was that? And how much more comfortable are you now in year two with all these new surroundings and a much more normal environment? Yeah, I think, um, like you said, it was an adjustment getting used to like just being around a new environment, um, a new city, a new weather, a new coaches, new players. I mean, new teammates or whatnot. So it was definitely an adjustment. Uh, of course, you know, COVID, COVID had just came upon the scene. So um, not having fans, I think not having fans in the stadium kind of helped because we was able to communicate better as a defense. And it was different. It was different like with COVID and stuff because of the rules. Everyone had masks on. I know this year, everyone has masks off if you're vaccinated. So, I mean, it's good seeing everybody's face. Um, kind of on a regular basis versus last year. I saw everybody's eyes, and I couldn't really tell who I was talking to at times. So it was definitely a big adjustment for me. James, Lawrence Tynes, hey, thanks for coming on. Whenever I hear your name, these two words always follow your name. Underrated, best cornerback you've never heard of. Why do you think that is? What What do we got to do to get your name out there? Uh, I mean, most people say I need to be more vocal. I need to talk more. So I would say that plays, I think that plays a part into it, and also make them more uh, big-time plays for your team. Um, I've only been to the playoff once. So I feel like if you play in the playoffs and you play well, it also gets them out there. So it's a, a couple things I could probably do better. When, when you look at, you know, your, your group, you know, your defensive backfield, it's clear that the Giants put a lot of time and money and effort into building the back end. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of money in there. There's, there's first-round picks there. Uh, they, they got a Dory Jackson in free agency. They picked up you last year. I'd like to do a little bit of quick word association with you. When I mentioned a teammate, tell me, Give me a couple of sentences on what you you think first and foremost when you hear that guy, okay? First of all, Jabril Peppers. Uh, I think of an enforcer, just attitudes. How about Logan Ryan? Uh, I think of captain, you know, the leader of our group. The guy I just mentioned, a newcomer, Adoree Jackson? Smooth, athlete. He's also smart, very athletic. One of the young guys of the group, Xavier McKinney, who missed most of his rookie year last year, but is fully healthy now. Give me something on Xavier. Ooh, I, just, I think of this young gunner. You can tell he has, he has all the tools. That's why they drafted him high. It's not just by him putting in the work and uh, going out there and doing it. I'm not saying he's not putting in the work. He puts in the work every day. And I see it from him. It gets better each and every day that I see him out there practicing. Hey, James, I, I'm sure you got to see Kadarius Tony a little bit in practice. And I'm sure, you know, Giants Nation is, is bugging out about what's he going to do, what's he look like. What did you see from him in his reps that he obviously participated in camp or maybe even OTAs? 
Uh, yes, yeah, so of course. He wasn't like active a lot during training camp and stuff, so I didn't really get to see him a lot. But when I did see him, you know, I saw um, an explosive athlete, and I, I didn't really watch a whole lot of college football, but I did see his highlights a lot. And uh, most of the time, it was him, you know, making explosive plays, like breaking tackles, spinning, spinning off guys, and whatnot. So um, I definitely see a, a quick, explosive athlete when I see him. What does Patrick Graham bring to the table? We always talk about he's the brainiac of the defense, this Harvard guy, really smart. Why is he such a great defensive coordinator, and why are you guys so good as a unit? Uh, like you said, what makes him a great defensive co- uh, coordinator is because he's so smart. You know, he looks at the game from a, a different perspective, and he's always in the lab, you know, steaming up different plays and figuring out how we're going to beat this team, beat this player. Um, so, yeah, he's the brainiac of the, I think, of the bunch. Uh, that's what makes him so good. And he puts us in, he puts us in great positions to make uh, plays. Uh, that's why we was able to make the plays that we did last year. It starts from the D coordinator. He puts us in position with great play call, and then coaches get us ready to go out there and play, and then we go out there and prepare, and we go out there and try to make the most of our opportunities. James, when you look at, um, I mean, as a veteran, you know, you've been to, to a bunch of, you know, obviously season openers and things. When do you usually start looking at the team you're going to play? I mean, you knew you're playing the Broncos. You knew September 12th. You know, you knew that date for weeks and weeks and months and months. When do you start really thinking about the Broncos and their personnel? You, two weeks ago, last week, today, tomorrow. When is that? Um, I think it's all depending upon your, like, your coaching staff. Um, so in the past, it might have been like the last week of the preseason where we might start talking about the week one opponent. But here, we was we was locked in on each preseason game that we had, and then we we didn't even start talking about Denver until after the preseason was preseason was done. Um, so I would I would start watching film today. That's typically when I start watching film on Mondays at the beginning of the week. So I probably start now, get my routine going. What do you see from these uh, wideouts for the Broncos? You got uh, uh, I guess Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. You know, a new quarterback, obviously, a new old quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. What do you see in your early look at what the Broncos passing game is all about? Uh, Why don't they start off with with Teddy Bridgewater? Like you said, he's a a veteran guy. He's been in this league for a while, so he's very smart. So And he's very accurate as well. Uh, So I would start with him, and then you got Cortland Sutton, Sutton, a big physical guy on the outside that go up there and win the 50-50 balls. You got KJ Hamler. He's a speed guy. He's going to try to take make those explosive plays and take it off the top. And then you got Jerry Judy. He kind of does everything, you know, for him. Um, quick, elusive. Feels like he's an elite route runner. What was your lap tally at last year, and has it carried over to this year? Have you uh, developed a big lap tally? Lap tally? Yeah, the Joe Judge lap counter. Do yeah, you, we, do ask you all the, we ask all the players. Oh, okay, okay, a lap counter. Uh, I really haven't kept up with it, honestly. I just been uh I just be I just listen, man. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't I just don't want him to listen. Is he is he more easygoing, Joe Judge, in year two, or is he still the enforcer that he was in year one? <laughs> I think he's still the same guy. Of course, like we've been around each other for a long a longer time now. We got a year and a half under our belt, so that, that we've known everybody's been around each other. So I feel like he's uh, a little looser, you know, but he's still the same guy from last year. <laughs> James, I heard you say uh, Cortland Finnegan by accident. Me and Cortland. Cortland went to my high school, but who knew that Sanford University was DBU? Between you and him, I mean, he's an all-pro. Did you make all-pro last year? Uh, no, sir, I didn't. I, just, I made pro-pro. That, that was it. Have you met Cortland? I mean, that's 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 rare. You two guys coming from a school like that. Yeah, you know what? I met him um, my red shirt junior year. He came back for a game, um, and he came through, spoke to everybody on the team. But I, I missed him when he was in Carolina. He was in Carolina in 15, and I came in in 2016, so I missed him that year. Yeah, I talked to him on, on Instagram before. That's a Sanford alum, man. That's my guy. 
off top. You know, obviously, you're there all summer. You didn't miss anything. And you saw how, you know, Saquon didn't practice a lot until late. Galladay, Tony, Kyle Rudolph. So it could be that your offense on Sunday does not get off to a hot start. You know, a lot of these guys have not been on the field. If that is the case, your defense is is a bunch of veterans. Most of these guys were playing last year, started last year, second year in the system. If your defense has to carry this team early in the season, do you think it can? Well, all I know is, you know, if they don't if they don't score, they don't win. You know, and that's the motto that I feel. Well, I know at least I take that into the game. You know, I feel like we all kind of take that mentality into the game. You know, our goal is not to let them score at all. If they don't score, they don't win. That's fine. But having said that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of scoring in the NFL. So I get, you know, your goals are very high. But do you think you, your defense, I mean, just how about this? How good do you think your defense can be? Is almost everyone's back from last year. It was a good defense last year. Most expectations are this is going to be top 10 defense, maybe. I don't know if you think it can be a top five defense. When you look around and see the other 10 guys on a field, what are you looking at? You know, it's hard to, for me to predict and kind of uh, give expectations because, like you said, man, injuries are part of the game. We got a lot of injuries on our team now. You know, ain't no telling what happened throughout this season with um, if we'll be able to hold up or not because um, that's part of the league. Uh, so it's kind of hard to put expectations out there. We definitely have everyone. You look at our, our, our defense on piece of paper, you know, I don't think – I think you could disregard our talent that we have, but, you know, it's about putting hard work in every day, staying healthy, and also executing on Sunday. And that's week in, week out, you know, that's 17 weeks in a row. So as long as we do all that, I feel like we can be good as we want to be. So Giants fans should expect a division title this year, James. I didn't say all that. <laughs> I didn't say all that. We're in week one right now. <laughs> That's right. You can't win a division title in week one, right? They don't They don't give out the uh, trophies after the first week of the season. You're absolutely right. But how important is it to get off to a hot start? You know, this team last year got off to a really slow start. Uh, historically, I think eight out of nine years, it's been uh, 0-2 out of the gate. How important is it? Every game's important. How important is it with, with a team like this that's trying to establish something to get some wins early in this season? I think it's definitely important for uh, any team to like start off hot, just because like you want to build that momentum and winning your first first game or second game or third game. Like if you pile them up, you know that's momentum going into uh, the second half of the season. I mean, you definitely need it then as well. So I think it's very important. James Bradbury, you can follow him on Twitter at Brad underscore B twenty one or Instagram at James Bradbury IV. James, we are looking forward to this Giants season. Looking forward to seeing what this defense could do. And we appreciate you coming on Blue Rush. Good luck, man. Appreciate y'all having me on here, man. Thank you. And that says cheerio to episode 70, the Sam Huff edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. Give us that wee five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts, you filthy animals. For Paulie Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We'll return to your bloody headphones on Monday following the Giants-Broncos season opener at MetLife Stadium. Enjoy the game and thanks for listening to Blue Rush. Thank you.